Let's open our Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, we are continuing our studies about how to be spiritual and spiritual gifts, unless something happens, we will be through with this soon, unless some get led another way. Uh, this is a great verse. Look at 2 Corinthians 12 and look at verse 19. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 19. It says again, Think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. For I fear, lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, and lest when I come again my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed." So look at the end there of verse 19. He says, Dear, um, it says, But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. So if we understand true love, everything in the church ought to be done for one reason, for the edification of the other church members, in the body of Christ. So remember the word edify means to build up. Uh, so we should lose ourselves in building up the others. Uh, it's very, very important. And so spiritual gifts were for this reason. Uh, and this is what we've been talking about, that each member in the body of Christ would use that gift to build up uh, all the other members. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd uh, use this time. Help us to consider, to ponder. We pray that we would each want to know our spiritual gifts. We would each want to uh, use our spiritual gifts. And we know the right motive, which is for the edification of the other members in the body of Christ. We yield your spirit that he would reveal these things to us. Help us to know what to say, how to say it. We pray that when we speak, you'd speak. Uh, when we breathe, you'd breathe. And that you would turn hearts and change lives and help us to be more aware of the church, the called out assembly, separate from the world, to be built up in the things of God, to be strong in the power of thy might. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to give you a very short review. There are three types of men according to God's Word. Natural man is lost without God. He, he has no potential to be spiritual. He is natural. He came into this world. He's lived his life. Uh, he is a slave to the lust of the flesh. He loves the world. He is a natural man. The second type is saved. He has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but 
He is called carnal. He has the potential to be spiritual, but he still uh, succumbs to the temptations. And that word means sensitive. So he is controlled by his senses. Whatever he sees, smells, hears, tastes. Very, very sensitive, not spiritual, but he has the potential to be spiritual. The last type is what we ought to seek to be is spiritual. So this is a child of God born again through simple faith in Christ, and he is walking in the things of the Spirit after the Spirit, and he has uh, realized the works of the flesh, and he is seeking to be a spiritual person. So these are the three types. So you have the world is natural, lost, children of the devil. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, ye will do. Then you have God's people are called out of the world to be sanctified and to be spiritual. And in that group, you have the carnal and uh, the spiritual. So the Bible tells us that God gave spiritual gifts to the church, according to Ephesians chapter 4, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he gave gifts unto men. And he gave these gifts for uh, three reasons. We'll look at that in a minute, Lord willing. Uh, but these gifts were given uh, when Jesus rose from the dead, went to heaven, and so God then, we're told, distributes gifts to every member. So every Christian has at least one gift. Everybody has at least one. We do not get to choose which gifts we get. This is all according to the sovereign will of God. But we are told to covet the best gifts. So you can desire other gifts. You can pray for other gifts. But God determines which gifts you have. And so these gifts then are for one purpose. So edification. We need to understand this. These, this has nothing to do with talent, has nothing to do with skill. It has to do with a gift of God, which is spiritual. And the, the one reason God gave every member a gift is so that they can exercise these gifts for the edification, the building up, of the other members. So you have gifts I don't have. You're supposed to use your gifts to build me up. I have gifts you do not have. I'm supposed to use my gifts to build you up. Every member in the church then is very, very important. Now this is good news. Why? This gives every person a meaning in life, a reason to live, and a purpose once you get saved. Find out what your gifts are. Start using them. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Use those gifts for the edification of uh, the other members. So we've looked at, and I'm not going to go back into the details, just reminding you, you have to have charity, which is unconditional love, no agenda, no selfishness, you're not subjective. You're not emotional. Uh, it's not based on opinion. You're just using the gifts for the edification of the of other uh, members. And so God gave us these. We need to know what they are. 
So we've looked at the gifts that are now no longer in existence. Why? The Word of God replaced the apostolic gifts. So there were gifts given to Israel to prove that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, and there were gifts given to Israel for the edification of the early apostolic church because they did not have the Bible yet. So when God gave us the King James Bible, this replaced those apostolic gifts, and we've talked about these, uh, mentioned them in detail. And then the last couple weeks, we've looked at the gifts which are still in existence. So if you're saved, first of all, if you're not saved, get saved. It's so easy. It's a free gift. God will give you eternal life. I don't know why anybody would not want that. So if you're not saved, get it. If you are saved, I'll just list these. Prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruling, and mercy. These are the gifts which are still in existence. If you're saved, you have at least one. You may have many, but at least one. So the question then is, how do you know what gifts you have? That's what's the first question I would ask. How do you know? Uh, so remember, it's not a secret. It's not mysterious. Uh, through life, I've realized most people are looking for some mysterious formula. They're, they're wanting it almost to be hid so they'll never find it. God does not work that way. God does not hide what he has given us or bestowed upon us. It's very, very evident. So how do you know what spiritual gift you have? Number one, it's very easy. What comes natural? It, if God gave it to you, it's there. All you have to do, just look at your life and the attributes of your life, the assets of your life, what comes natural, what can you do? So, preaching, teaching, ministry, serving. Do you have a servant's heart? Do you want to help? Do you have the ability to get truth from the Bible and uh, proclaim it, and then others can receive it and retain it and recall it? Exhortation. Do you have this ability to encourage people? Do you have the ability to be used of God that He will move upon their life to get them drawn to God? Um, and so I, I said this, I think, last week. I don't take anything personal. I'm, I didn't decide who gets the gifts. Uh, I'm not jealous. This isn't a competition. Uh, you know, we are so winning last week. Me and Brother Powell's on one side of the street. There's my dad, Brother James, and we'll look at us and we go, he got another one. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. He, and he wears that hat. I don't know what it is. Uh, he got another one. It doesn't matter to me who gets them. Uh, it's up to God. Use your gift. Exhort, whatever it is. Teach. Minister. There's something you can do. The next one is giving. So, some people naturally give 
to be honest, most people are totally selfish. All right, that's just, that's, boy, it's quiet in here. That's the reality. So if giving comes natural to you, it's pretty obvious. Um, all right, the next one is ruling. Do you have the ability to manage, organize, oversee? Do you have fortitude? Do you have some backbone to stand up for something? If you're a pushover, you're not, you don't have ruling, all right? You need to let the people who rule help you out. You know, if you're a mushmill and, and you've got a yellow spine, a, a streak up your spine, or if your backbone's a jello, you don't have ruling, all right? Somebody's got to rule, all right? But not everybody has that. Next, mercy. So you're going to have people who rule, this is the law, you broke it, Somebody else has to say, hey, let's have some mercy on these people. So, so not everybody has the same thing. So don't be offended by somebody who has a strength you don't have. And then, once again, we're not to compete or compare. It's, it's not a competition. Why, why did God give these? For the edification of the members of the body of Christ. So just like our body has different members, they're all different. They're all unique, and each member is to care for the other members. So selfishness quenches the Holy Spirit, grieves the Holy Spirit. We cannot be selfish. What would happen, you know, just simple illustration, you cut your right big toe, and you need stitches, and your two hands say, I'm too busy to help you, big toe. I'm all about me. All right? This is the way a lot of selfish people live. Uh, your hands are members of the same body. They ought to help your toe. I, I know that's a deep truth, a lot, but um, oversimplification. But you'd be surprised how many people are all about them. Me, my, mine, it's all about them. So what comes natural? Can you teach? Can you encourage people? You know people that have exhortation, all it takes is a phone call? I look them in there, hey, how you been doing? We've been thinking about it. That's all it takes. Now, if somebody doesn't have it, they could say that a hundred times, and it may do some good, it may not. It, it depends on the spiritual gift that you have ruling very very important all right so like brother martinez he's in the uh, military or i think he is uh, and he can rule and he knows things to do he's been taught that we don't know uh, so he needs to be in a position of authority or power to rule like you know brother cardness and other that we don't there's certain things we don't know about that so look at the the gifts that come natural, all right? Next, and this is a little bit repetition, but not really. What are your inclinations? And in other ways, which way do you have a tendency to lean? If there was a situation in your family, let's just say, you know, there are many, many different personalities. Do you have a tendency to be the teacher of the family? 
Do you have a tendency to be the leader of the family? The one who do you have the one who stands up for something in the family? Do you have a tendency to give to other people in the family? Do you have a tendency to uh, exhort and get everybody together and say, hey, we need to do this together? Exhortation. Do you have a tendency to uh, have mercy? You know, in families, you're always going to have those people who are dropping the hammer on everybody. They deserve this, and I can't believe they did that, and I'm not going to let them get away with that. Then you have the other ones. Hey, we need to be a little compassionate. They're going through a rough time. So which way do you naturally incline? That's how you'll know. Next, number three, very simple. What are you good at? You know, just think about in your attributes, your characteristics, your personality. When you look at these gifts, which are still in existence, what are you good at? What is your natural inclination? Because I'm not saying you don't have to work at it. You, know, you still have to study. You need to exercise, put the gift into practice. But it's a gift. So... This is not charisma. This is not something you go to a leadership school. No, it just comes natural. What are you good at? Uh, and so I think a lot of times, uh, well, opposites attract, you know, like in marriage, sometimes. They say even the longer you're married, the, you start looking like your spouse. But So you could have the most organized person and then the biggest unorganized person and that could cause major marital trouble unless you understand each other you say oh you're the organized one i'm the unorganized one and so the organized one would say i have compassion on you you do not have the strength i have i will be more patient and i'll help you be more organized and then the other person ought to say i need you to help me get more organized or not, you're going to have this. Uh, and that's not good. So in the church, same thing. You know, you, you can't have, what if everybody in this room got up and taught at the same time? Utter chaos. It'd be utter chaos. So what are you good at? What are your inclinations? What comes natural? Now, we uh, just say a couple more things about this. We looked at this last week. These are timely in nature. Uh, he said when you minister, in, in Romans 12, Paul said, wait on your ministering. In other words, you ought to be looking for opportunities to be a minister. Now, this is also important because you could become very annoying if you're trying to do this all the time and so you don't want to do the right thing at the wrong time. Wait on it. Wait on it. There'll be an opportunity. So all of us are on call 24-7. Why? Somebody might need you to exercise your spiritual gift. Wait on it. Be patient. Next, you have to be spiritual to be, use a spiritual gift. You're not going to use your spiritual gift if you're backslidden. 
This ought to be a motivation to stay right with God, to get right with God, stay right with God, read your Bible every day, pray every day, get in the, involved in the ministry. Uh, be faithful to God's house. Why? Because if you're not walking in the Spirit, there's no way you're... Because the Spirit is like wind. Jesus said, we wish not where the wind blows or, or how it comes or where it goes. You have to be in tune, in touch with the Holy Spirit. Or you're not going to use your spiritual gifts. So... A good illustration, if you have a sporting event, a big event, let's say an NFL football game, and I, I, how many are on the team, 52, am I right? I think there's only 52 players on the team. Most of them, some of them never enter the game, maybe on special teams or somebody gets hurt. You might have 100,000 people in the stands watching, all right? This is not what the church is supposed to be. What most churches are, very few people do all the work. I, I've seen this for 40 years. A small percentage do everything, and then most people watch the small percentage do everything. So they treat it like a, a game. Yeah, we're in the stands, we'll watch, and, th and this happens. Uh, what do they become? Armchair quarterbacks, Monday morning quarterback. Well, if I was the coach, I wouldn't have done that. And I would have made halftime adjustments, and I'd have put that guy in. Who's doing that? The people doing nothing. They're sitting there and watching the game, yelling at the television or something, or, you know, if they're not literally at the game. Um, you know, most of the people that do all the complaining are not participants, they're spectators. Seen it my whole life. So, how do you stay strong? Helping the weak. You will stay strong by using your spiritual gifts to help other church members get strong and stay strong. So, in Ephesians 4, when Jesus rose from the dead, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men, and it says for three reasons. Number one, perfecting of the saints. This is the full maturity to grow in grace, to grow up. Why do we have gifts? So that we can be mature in Christ. Number two, for the work of the ministry. A lot of people don't realize church work is hard. The ministry is work. It's more than just attendance. It's more than just being a member. It's work. Why did God give gifts? For the work of the ministry. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. And then lastly, what we've been talking about. Number three, the edification of the body of Christ. The building up. So what does the Bible say? Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. We all get worn down, beat up. Sometimes we might trip, stumble, and fall. We all get tired. We get 
emotionally drained. We get spiritually weakened. Our bodies are, you know, very, very weak at times. We need the other members in the body to exercise their spiritual gifts. How do you know what comes natural? How do you know what's your natural inclination? How do you know what are you good at? The ministry. So, you know, like Miss Cook likes to cook. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, so she, she's, uh, she can serve in the kitchen. Serve in the kitchen. Any, anybody can find out what you're good at. It's pretty simple. All right? So, according to Romans 15.2, now I want us to look at this. You don't want to misinterpret it. You need to know what the word please means. But let's look at Romans chapter 15. And look at verse 1. This great passage. Romans 15, verse 1. And I just mentioned this. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now this is a great spiritual Christian. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to what? Edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Now, what does it say? The strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And we should not be selfish. And we should seek to please other members and what, what is that word, the context? Go out of your way for the edification of other members. Go out of your way. Now, if you're on top side, you know, if everything's going good for you, man, how's it going? Man, really good. Has that happened to anybody lately? How's it going? Oh, man. If it was any better, I couldn't stand it. Is that the way? Man, I'm doing good. Man, I'm great. When you come in, you know what a lot of people do? Man, I'm so good. Look at me. I'm great. What are you supposed to do? Don't worry about your strength. Don't focus on your present condition. Go find somebody to bear their infirmity. The first thing you ought to do is walk over and say, hey, how are you doing today? Can I help you with anything? The first thing you ought to do is try to help your brother in Christ or sister. Why? All things ought to be done, as we read in the 2 Corinthians, under edification. Everything we do. So, are you a friendly person? Some people are more friendly than others. Are you a social person? Some people are reserved, uh, recluses. Other people like social interaction. If you're supposed to use your gifts to go and try to bear the infirmity of the weak. So according to 1 Corinthians 8.1, charity is key. What is charity? Unconditional love. Unconditional. 
We love one another without being loved back. We love one another whether there's reciprocation or not. Charity then moves upon us to bear the infirmities of the weak so that all things are done unto edification. And 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, do not abuse your liberty in Christ in any way that would hinder the edification of another member. So that's important. We should always consider one another, love one another, go out of our way to please one another. So let's look at another verse, and we're almost through. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, look at verse 11. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, what I, Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Great verse. Wherefore, comfort yourselves did it say go off and comfort yourself alone? No, together. And edify one another, even as also you do. So the, the Thessalonians were known for this. The Corinthians were selfish. The Corinthians were carnal. The Thessalonians were more spiritual. Um, so then let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, verse 4, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless, endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned from which some, having swerved, have turned aside into vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Now, we've given detailed studies on that in the past, but look at the uh, verse 4 again. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So what should we focus on? Fairy tales? No. Myths? No. Grandma's campophonique uh, formula? It, it works sometimes. Um, traditions passed down? No. Godly edifying. And where do you get edifying? From the Word of God. We need to focus on the Word and yield to the Holy Spirit. And true love is concerned about the other person, not themselves. Charity is concerned about what is the end of this? So I'm through, but think about it. What is the end of my decision and my action? Will this result in someone else being edified? And if you do that, you know what's going to happen? 